0: Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today, we're recapping Star Wars Celebration. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Love
1: ya. Get home
2: safe,
0: guys. Peace. Hello there. May the force be with you, this is the way, and welcome. My name is Nate, also known as CT0831. Uh, you can also call me Hugs. Uh, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me this week, first up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller than Java, but just as entertaining as Jar Jar, he's CT1231, also known as Edit. Justin Lawrence, how you doing tonight?
1: The FOMO is real, boys. (laughs) May the FOMO be with you, dude. (laughs) May the FOMO be with you. Oh, my God, dude. You guys are having a crazy time out there, seeing so much. And here I am following on social, staying as on top of it as I can. But seeing all the photos and stuff, it looks like a great time out there.
0: And Justin's also been holding down the fort uh while we've been out uh he's started our our brand new watch club series of course for obi-wan Kenobi, we might chat a little bit about Obi-Wan, but most of our conversations are going to be on that watch club. Uh, so definitely check it out. We had Who did we have uh, on the for the first two episodes?
1: Yeah, so for the first two episodes, I actually was joined by our friend of the show, uh, Megan Clara Draws. Uh, she joined us, and uh, she's a huge fan of the prequel series. Um, and we got into a good chat, and also given just the time and, and everything like that. Those episodes, uh, they, they run really quick. So uh, we get through it really, really nicely. We talk about some of those those key points and some questions that we have. Uh, we don't get too much into the speculation. Uh, we have some theories that we share. But for the most part, uh, I did the best I could to hold down the fort on Watch Club. It was a task, Nate. It was a task. <laughs> it's a fine science that you have it to. Um, but I think, I think it went well. And those are available now for you to listen to on our podcast feed.
0: Very cool. Uh, also... Joining me both through the Force and just literally in a hotel room just probably like uh, not that far away. Uh, We have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah CT-1006, but you can call him joints, my brother in the Force, and who's been adventuring alongside me here at Star Wars Celebration, Darcy Hudson.
2: Uh, Such a crazy weekend. It's been so good already. (laughs) So good.
0: I'm so stoked to get into it. Um, I am stoked to let our audience know that, yeah, of course, as you you heard, Darcy and I, uh, as you might have surmised by now, are recording this live from our hotel rooms in sunny Anaheim, California, here at the Grand Californian uh, Resort. And my room is right next to three swimming pools. So if you hear what sounds like the Ewok celebration ending scene from Return of the Jedi, I do apologize. Uh, But before we kind (laughs) of dive into everything, Darcy, I wanted to start off and just kind of talk about... Overall we literally just wrapped celebration. My feet feel uh like I'm sure Anakin's did when they were burnt up on <laughs> Mustafar. Uh I you know, and non existence, I guess. But um I am I am completely exhausted. Darcy, how are you feeling and, and what did you think of overall uh this year's Star Wars celebration twenty twenty two?
2: Well, first off, it's not my feet that are hurting so much as my butt because, again, those panels do not have the most comfortable chairs. I and mean, we were <laughs> <Definitely> in <not. laughs> those panels every day. So, yeah, my tailbone's killing me. But other than that, it was a fantastic like experience. Again, I, I splurged a bit for the VIP pass, so I was able to get the early access so stuff in. It was so worth it. It's the only way to do this type of thing because you get into all the panels, you have early access to the floor, you have all these little features that add up to make the experience, which is already really cool, as we know from 2019, and just make it that much better.
0: Dude, and I mean, it's funny we talk about the idea of FOMO Uh, The fear of missing Mm. out and Justin, you know, I think there's different levels of FOMO because while you had FOMO, probably the most extreme FOMO, I was left with a little bit of FOMO, even being here at Star Wars Celebration in that Darcy just with that VIP badge, he holds it up. He's a god. He gets everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. He just holds it up. Now, luckily, and I hope nobody from Star Wars Celebration security team is listening. I did manage to sneak in a little bit uh, to experience (laughs) the, the taste of VIP life. Um, and maybe they did that on purpose. So I get a taste of it so that I just, you know, I know whether that's it's it's like flying first class illegally. It's, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And now now I can never go back. I need I also need to get that VIP life. We'll talk about, uh, you know, next celebration. But let's talk about this celebration first. Um, this episode is obviously going to be a little bit different than our normal. This Week in Geek episodes, obviously, just because we're throwing this stuff together and just geeking out over all the amazing reveals and and news and things that we saw. And uh, again, with that FOMO, some of us had to see through uh, blurry pictures on the internet. Uh, But we are going to be talking uh, about kind of just breaking down all the days at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, So I want to start with day one, obviously. I think we started off the day, we had to split up a little bit. I got Galaxy Stage, which for those who don't know, um, Star Wars Celebration is done where it's Three different stages, uh, two of which are streaming stages, one of which is a live stage that all the wonderful VIPs get to just sit down and arrive a minute <laughs> until it starts, and everyone else has to line up hours in, in advance. But I got to the Galaxy Stage section for the first uh, the Thursday panel, and it was really, you know, it was it, it's so fun to be at Star Wars Celebration because you you get to meet friends in line instantly instantly the first line that I lined up in I'm standing there Darcy's not there and I met this I wish I got his name a wonderful guy he was actually in the wrap-up video during the uh the the closing ceremonies uh but he is the biggest Andor fan I think that I've ever (laughs) met in my life Cassian Andor fan he's dressed fully as Cassian Andor and it's because he sees himself in that character which is absolutely gorgeous that Star Wars is doing that and so he was just like I just told him I'm like dude don't get me wrong. I love Cassian Andor. I've never met a bigger Cassian Andor fan. Um, so he was like super like, oh, I really hope they show Andor stuff uh, at this panel. The panel kicked off. We got Yvette Nicole Brown and Kathleen Kennedy walking out. Um, they started with a beautiful tribute video to Star Wars Celebration about connecting after almost three years uh, of not being able to do this. And I got I'm not going to lie. I teared up a little bit. Darcy, did you tear up a little bit? I not so much
2: teared up, but I definitely felt the emotions. The, and the, sitting in the room with everybody else, it was like the the tension was palpable. We were all so excited for the beginning of what was what turned out to be an amazing weekend. So that again, that first panel sitting down, it it was electric. That you could feel everyone was like, "Yes, it's finally happening again!" And it was it was a great time.
0: And even feeling it through, uh, you know, with with the crowd through a screen at the Galaxy Stage was absolutely insane. And I gotta say, the very first thing that happened. The entire crowd exploded. Darcy, do you want to just tell everyone what the very first thing you got to see and hear uh, during this first panel? Well,
2: so the lights go off and they're ready to kick off this, you know, the whole the first panel. And what I thought were people, you know, getting late, getting their seats and standing up at the front to get a picture or something like that turned out to be a whole choir as the lights go red and they're open with the Duel of the Fates live Right in front of you, and it was just like, "Oh my god, this is happening! This is insane!" And it was, yeah, that's that's the only way you can describe it. Like I never knew that they had, that they could do that type of thing, but it happened right before my eyes, and I was, it was amazing.
0: Absolutely nuts! And the the one two punch of that happening, and then the lights come up, and it's just standing there is Obi Wan himself, Ewan McGregor, and freaking Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen on stage. Uh, they're joined by Deborah Chow, Moses Ingram, and uh, the other cast member who's the Inquisitor. Who I, uh, I can't quite remember his name. Rupert Friend. Rupert Friend. Thank you so much. Um, we we got to see them all on stage. Uh, it was absolutely insane. Darcy getting to breathe the same air as uh, as Anakin Skywalker. What did you think? Uh, Awesome!
2: Again, like the first thing he says is, "We're back," and uh, that ex- that got such an explosion. The the last few years has really seen a huge increase in the the love for the prequel series, and so to see these two guys come back and feel that that love in person and stuff like that it was a it was a cool moment to see for sure
1: yeah just to echo the excitement of that you know so i was watching uh here on youtube it being streamed live from the celebration stage hosted by geico apparently Um, (laughs) yeah but anyways that's everywhere yeah they they showed up on the stage and my god that crowd blew up and it was nuts to see and i'm loving the fact that you know, both Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are, are being celebrated as as some of the best parts, if not the best parts, of of the prequels and, and really getting their time to shine. And with the introduction of Obi-Wan, we're two episodes in, exciting to see where this is going to go and, and what that means for the future of their characters, maybe in a season two or more. I know we're just kicking it off, but just the excitement, that, as you said. Uh, Darcy, the love that everyone has, seems to really be showing for the prequels, more so now, they could draw this out a little bit more, and and we can see more of Anakin. I I think he's rumored to be in Ahsoka as well. So, you know, if he does show up there, we get a little bit more Hayden Christensen as as Anakin Skywalker, which will be interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it's, and I mean, you and McGregor, I think, said it at this panel, said it at, he's said it in interviews before, but just the idea of how the fandom has, you know, there wasn't internet back when. Uh, when when the original prequel trilogy movies came out and so a lot of the the criticisms that were there there, there wasn't really the opportunity for the fandom to, to to really say what they enjoyed and there was a lot of sort of negative uh, aspects as you know sort of thrown that way so the you know I think the the, the coolest thing is the fact that, Now we've seen the fans really shine towards it, and of course, with the help of of Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau, kind of you know making these stories going forward. I think it's it as you said, it's really exciting, and uh, I think the 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 coolest thing is that we're jumping all over the timeline. Uh, Next up, we had Andor, um, and we got Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna uh, as well as uh, Genevieve O'Reilly on stage and you know you could immediately sense diego luna just how excited and happy he was he was it was it was palpable you could the the room felt his excitement it was absolutely beautiful to see and uh and i think the fact that they finished 12 episodes and then tony gilroy said And we're going to be doing 12 more, I think, made Diego Luna even more happy. He joked on stage about how, like, he's like, and the best part is I know that my character, they can't kill my character off because it takes place uh, five years before Rogue One. Um, You know what? I think we should maybe talk about the trailer that they showed off. Um, I'd love to kind of discuss it. That is live now. But listen, we're going to be going back and forth between, you know, the panels, the news, the trailers, um, <laughs> let's let's talk about this Andor uh, trailer. As I mentioned, this is going to be uh, done by showrunner Tony Gilroy, who co-wrote uh, the Rogue One screenplay, so very fitting. Uh, this show takes place five years before the events of Rogue One, and the series follows an ensemble cast of characters during that time uh, where the Rebel Alliance is forming in opposition to the Galactic Empire. Uh, and, of course, one of these characters, Cassian Andor, a thief, who becomes a revolutionary and eventually joins the rebellion. This is starring Diego Luna, Alex Ferns, Anton Valencia, Adria Arjona, Stellan Skarsgård, which got a huge pop at Celebration, Genevieve O'Reilly, and Alex Lothar. This is going to be streaming exclusively on Disney Plus on my birthday on August 31st. What a wonderful birthday present from Disney. Thank you so much. Uh, Guys, let's talk about this. What did you think of the trailer for Andor?
1: Finally, our first look at this show and and getting a sense of what it is and and right off the bat, I'm I've, I'm very intrigued with the political thriller motif that seems to really run through this 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 trailer, and I I very much think is going to be core to the series, uh, with stories that are you know about Cassian Andor and and Mon Mothma sort of running parallel to one another. Obviously, at some point, we'll probably intersect, um, but. Again, just the political drama side, it's going to be interesting because that is so inherently built into Star Wars and I'm excited. It, it looks really good. And the fact that this is two seasons of 12 episodes uh, of stories that, that they yeah. want to tell, um, I think that that's really interesting and it gives it an end point right? It, it's not saying it's going to be stretched anymore.
0: And, you know, I mentioned Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, he's going to be playing, uh, originally, when you think of Stellan Skarsgård, like, I think he's a great villain character, but he's going to be playing a rebel leader uh, named Luther Rail. Um, and we got to see him in the trailer. The trailer looked incredible dark tones very blue tones green tones uh, from the cinematography uh, very similar to the feeling of, of Rogue one um, there's a we got the trailer it started with a man I, I, I got the uh, the closed captions to tell me what he was called he's called the time grappler uh, and he's ringing some sort <laughs> of bell I think also in a way, could be him uh, alerting the the rebellion, um, yeah. but this looks this looks fantastic. I love the idea that we're possibly going to be getting to see different moments of Cassian's life. Um, I think we saw from the back a character that looked maybe like a young Cassian Andor Mm -hmm. Um, and just overall just seeing the idea of this sort of thief becoming this revolutionary um, is really exciting. And I I think it also just brings it back to an aspect of Star Wars that that's uh, important to focus on, which is the idea of both sides having that sort of turmoil not just you know not just seeing good versus bad story um like we've seen but seeing that you know sort of sure. how throughout the galaxy i think they're really going to play with that and i think that's what's uh really exciting is that we're going to see some evil characters that are on the rebellion
2: yeah i think what got me more excited even than the trailer because that trailer was wicked i i liked the way it looked everything like you said uh, was wicked yeah. or uh, cool but I think it was Tony Gilroy who said that with this series, the the whole point of it is they're going to be exploring how selflessness and selfishness differ, and we're going to be seeing that through the character of Cassian, because at the beginning of the series, you're going to be a completely different place than where we first saw him in, in Rogue One. So that's it's mm. going to be really cool to see the evolution of that you know lives for himself character. To, becoming this guy who makes the greatest sacrifice you can make so that that has me
1: really excited for this story again that's a that's a great descript way to describe it. It does sound familiar to a story that I would have liked to have seen with a character that is already in Canon like solo told a lot better but yeah, Nate, you touched on it. I think that there's a sense of of trauma. That is creeping itself into some of these Star Wars series more and more, you know, we've, we saw it really being explored in the book of Boba Fett, not to give any spoilers, but it's being explored in Obi-Wan in some aspects. And, you know, here I think that we're very much going to see that. Uh, and I, I think that's that's inherently more human than light and dark you know, Jedi and the dark side. It, it is about what really drives these people to inevitably choose light or dark. And I think that that really does allow for these stories to really speak more on a personal level and a human level uh, beyond just fantasy and, and so on.
0: Yeah. And um, we also did get the poster for Andor. Uh, it was shown off to a huge audience reaction and an even bigger audience reaction learning that we would get uh, a copy of the poster, if you haven't seen it already, it's kind of like it almost reminds me of um, some of the work that Shepard Fairey uh, has done. With you, you've seen, you've I guarantee you've seen the Obama poster, the Hope poster. It reminds me a little yeah, bit of, of that um, in a, in a sense, which makes a lot of sense for the for the character that they're they're showing. Um. Yeah, revolutionary. It's yes. very Che
1: Guevara, very Che. Oh, Zou, absolutely. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, again, it uh, as I said, it reminds me of the Hope poster. Rebellions are built on hope, uh, but. We also oh, uh, got some snap. some hopeful news uh, for fans of other uh, Lucasfilm properties. Uh, we got to see some more information on the Willow series. Uh, this is mm-hmm. done by Ron Howard and um, John Kasdan, uh who uh, kind of came out to. Uh, uh, it was it was kind of interesting because everyone's like oh, we're here for Star Wars, but it, it's it's Willow. Um, you know what though? It, the, I will say the trailer we got does look fun it looks like looks it's, yeah, it's it going to be a, a mm-hmm. magical adventure and it, it definitely looks like it's grown up since the original I've only watched a trailer oh, yeah. for the original I've never seen the original Um but uh have either of you seen the original Willow movie
1: I watched it a long time ago and it didn't make an impact on me I, I just remember how campy and cheesy it was yeah right some of the puppetry work and the practical effects were good like I, I remember getting into it because of Star Wars like inherently like I think Someone had said, oh, yeah, I watched it. And I just wasn't into it. I remember we were just we were going to watch it and play action figures and we just ended up leaving it that being said this trailer does as you said nate it just it does mature it it does make it more relevant for i think today's audience but uh yeah i i enjoyed it and i think it makes sense that lucasfilm would be there and i like that they dedicated the first panel of the day to really just celebrate you know yes star wars is very much that it's it's all these projects though that that star wars has been connected to that brought it to life
0: right and i think it's it's a great thing that Lucasfilm is expanding beyond Star Wars we we need to see right you know more Lucasfilm projects exactly. out there um, and and so that's going to be fantastic this takes place 20 years after the first movie or 250 moons uh, as it was put on stage um, the you know uh, I think one of the my favorite facts that I heard though uh, was that uh, Willow's daughter is actually gonna be played by Warwick uh, Davis's real daughter and um, Whose name is Annabelle? She's gonna be playing the role of Mim. So I thought that was really cool. And That's apparently, cute. his son uh, stood in for some uh, stunt work as well. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm stoked to see that. It's uh, coming November 30th. So then we we got to move on here. Um, we we got John uh, Favreau. Uh, he came out and thanked Kathleen Kennedy uh, with a very heartfelt thank you. Uh, and uh, and then also Dave Filoni came out and they discussed. Uh, shooting Ahsoka and how it's going to be great they highlighted Rosario Dawson um, she's saying she's you know she's everything that they hoped she would be uh, and uh, and you know I think uh, we got a clip at that point in time of Rosario Dawson she was actually shooting on that day uh, and so they sent over a little video uh, just of her in full costume letting us know that the series comes out in 2023 we will have a little more to say about that However, uh, okay. soon. Okay. Um, we also got Mando confirmed for 2023 uh, with a new logo treatment. Um, and of course, K- uh, Katie Sackoff confirmed for season three as Bo-Katan came out on stage. Uh, and they mentioned that they had wrapped uh, filming. And then they said, you know what? We got a trailer. And we got our first look at The Mandalorian season three. Um, and this wasn't our only look. We'll get back to that, but um, well, this was more of a tease, wasn't it? Yes,
1: yes, this was more of a tease because I actually saw a couple stills. Again, the interweb, crazy place. It, as fast as it goes up, it got, it does come down, and if you catch it, you catch it. So I caught a couple stills from this this little preview, and it looks like it is setting up uh, Bo Katan as the villain uh, to to uh, to Mando, and that he is venturing. To Mandalore is that is that correct based on what uh, uh, has been deduced from from this little teaser?
2: Well, I mean, even at the end of the last season, you said he's looking for redemption. Of course, like that's so what the armor armor mentioned. Yeah, that, we knew so that. I'm not surprised. Clearly, you know, I'm not surprised yeah. by it.
1: But it was it was it's almost more or less the the confirmation. I am excited to see to hear more about what you got on your third day. We'll get to in we'll get to, it. to some, yes. stuff, <laughs> some some stuff like that. But this was a little this was a little tease, right? Because they were going to have their own day. Which again, once we get there, I'll give you my high-level thoughts of why that was smart to do.
0: And this teaser trailer, um, you know, brought in I think my favorite moment uh, that I saw with an interaction between Bo Katan and Grogu, uh, where she turns mm. to him and just says, "You thought your dad was the was the last Mandalorian?" And I just thought it was really interesting to sort of see them kind of canonizing the idea that he is. Grogu's father it's just really I don't know it was really cute um so (laughs) so then they mentioned hey listen we also have a surprise for everyone here at Star Wars Celebration uh we have set up in the Anaheim Convention Center the Mandalorian experience uh provided by Fairview Portals uh and we had a chance to see this uh Darcy let's talk about this really quick as a side thing this was unbelievable Stage. like a screen Looks so good screen used costumes props full Literally characters, everything from the show yeah like everything. yeah it was yeah. every weapon every beskar every camtono every we saw the rancor we saw all of it, um, and uh, and we've got some uh, pictures up on our geek-centric uh, Instagram. If you want to take a look, uh, we're going to be posting some of those. But this is this was if you just search the hashtag Mandalorian experience if you also want to see more. Um, mm-hmm. This was absolutely incredible. The way everything was lit. They had a a full N one Naboo starfighter with a yeah. Mandalorian in it and a moving and Grogu. Grogu. And that's not even to mention the live Bantha that they had as well was Mm -hmm. absolutely insane I I couldn't believe
1: that they actually had that thing there like leave it to Jon Favreau to just be like yeah let's let's send all of our props and stuff like fans are going to eat that shit up and yeah like honestly I would have been with that band that like taking as many funny ass videos as I could oh I would have had so much fun there Um, but I think again just to create an immersive experience because you know what they're touting their show to do in, in its production is create an immersive experience without having to ever go to that place and here you you are in a part of the convention center they're creating an immersive experience they're putting those props there they're putting these these animatronics oh man I wish Chicago had that
0: yeah it, it was it, I, I think I, my phone I actually killed my phone my phone died <laughs> I was taking so many pictures and <laughs> videos and then I borrowed Darcy's phone to take more pictures and videos mm-hmm. Darcy what was your, what was your favorite thing besides me stealing your phone and bugging you throughout the entire thing what was your favorite moment uh, at this experience
2: it's really hard to say because again, there's so much stuff there. Like everything you could look at, you was you could see the detail they put into creating these pieces, so that like you won't even notice it on the screen, but you can tell it's there in real life. It was it was really cool. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, again, everything was staged so beautifully that it's hard to pick a favorite. But I think one of the coolest things there was the they had the miniature set for Jabba's palace. So they had the gate going up there. It's just crazy that like they create these miniatures just for like principal photography and getting the lighting references just to see how something would look like in the real world. And I thought that's just incredible how they go (coughs) to that level of detail and you can see it in person. So it was really cool.
0: The incredible, um, Darcy, you, you'd mentioned too, they had, um, for Cad Bane, they actually had a expanded, face of Cadme.
2: Mm-hmm. it's all prosthetic that was an actor underneath there so it's like a glasses with the lenses and then the mask over it and then his teeth like everything there's so much that goes into creating this character and the that you can see the detail speaks volumes
1: <laughs> volumes <laughs> well speaking of the, the volume
0: you know i think we talked about how the show that's that was i guess my favorite thing is that it was so there was so much practical, even though the volume sure. in a lot of those sets. But it my, I think my favorite thing I got to see was the artwork of David Cho. Um, he's he did the the mural, uh, f- which is uh, if you watch season two, um, I can't remember what oh, exactly. I think it was the first of episode. Yeah, it's and we see th- yeah, the yeah, graffiti yeah. in the background. I'm yeah. I, that's my wallpaper now. It's absolutely phenomenal, and I want more official Star Wars art like that.
1: We saw the behind the scenes, I believe it's in one of their, um, in their behind the scenes, the gallery for season two, they talked about how they built that set and they said it just didn't have any personality. It's not the personality of this planet. So they brought David Cho in as, as a graffiti artist to add that flair, to give it that that sort of uh, that lived-in vibe, you know, very, exactly that lived-in, very cultural vibe that feels very specific to where they are.
0: Oh, it's absolutely nuts. Again, check out those pictures on our Instagram. Um, but then let's get back to the the day one panel here. Uh, we we got uh, to the next group of creators, and uh, <clears throat> John Favreau, uh, I you know brought on stage John Watts and Chris Ford. Uh, and they announced a brand new Star Wars Project skeleton crew uh, with a very rusty logo treatment, also known as Grammar Rodeo. Absolutely. <laughs> um, this is going to be a story about a group of Uh, Kids who are 10 years old who get lost in the galaxy, and it's about their journey to get home. Uh, We didn't really get much. We got a logo, uh, which you can find online, um, and it's a very sort of rusty-looking logo. Obviously, skeleton crew. You know, they're obviously going to be running a a ship that's probably very Star Wars, very lived in, very wrecked uh, and and messed up. Um, But I think my favorite aspect about this was John Watts straight up saying, listen, we know when we say that it's going to star a bunch of kids— um, you're gonna think it's a kid show, and it's not a kid show. He was very clear to say this is not. He says kids can watch it, but it's not a kid show. Um, so, Justin, what did you think of the news of Skeleton Crew?
1: Well, I was very intrigued, especially as you pointed out the emphasis on it not being a kids show um so i'm i'm excited to see what this is all about i don't know man like this whole weekend and i I completely forgot about this but this was definitely a a huge highlight just to hear of something that feels so removed but if we're if we're to think of anything about what john watts does best is he finds ways to you know blend genres and, and inspired you know homage uh, styles of film into what he, the projects that he's working so i could see this being like very goonies inspired uh adventure that does dive into the galaxy of star wars it, it takes place there and if i'm not mistaken this takes place after the events of return of the jedi
2: i don't recall them mentioning a timeline per okay se. i I, yeah.
1: I read it again i've been reading so much online that i think that there was some mention of it whether that's true i just thought
0: i would ask and you know we talk about talking to Star Wars fans uh, and how easy it is to do. Shout out to Charles from Atlanta if you're listening. Um, We had a great conversation about our ideas around this. And, Darcy, I believe you said you thought it kind of could be maybe more of a stranger things than an Amblin sort of idea.
2: I mean, Skeleton Crew just evokes the idea of a very, like, a a ghost ship, like, very low bone, like, bare bones crew and stuff like that. And if it's kids exploring space, you got to think that they're going to run into some, Aliens Ooh, like that you may not have seen that. Like, I, that's when they said not for kids, but starring kids. The imme- first thing that came to mind, of course, was Stranger Things with that season four just coming out. That's a, good, see, showing that's a good one. Showing how you can tell these intense stories through the eyes of a child. So I think if it's anything along those lines, where again, it, the, the name evokes some spookiness. So hopefully it's going to be a. a a spooky, eerie adventure
1: through a part Halloween of the Halloween adventure been to before. style. Mm, yeah. I like that idea.
0: I and like to, that idea. To clarify, Justin, uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, it was actually confirmed to take to take place during the Ahsoka Mandalorian time frame. And and also um, this is not just starring uh, some some kids. Uh, this is they, they announced on stage to a huge applause, uh gonna be starring Jude Law, which is Really cool.
1: Having Jude Law step into the Star Wars, I'm excited for it. You know, I I think he is he is so committed to his performance. So I'm I'm excited to see who he's going to play in in the Star Wars world. Is he going to be an ally or is he going to be an enemy? Ooh. Either one, he
0: would be
1: fantastic at.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. Could could Jude Law <laughs> be playing Thrawn? Is that is that maybe? Whoa. Um, uh, we'll have to That'd wait be and an see. Interesting casting. Um, so that's shooting soon. Uh, it's going to be released in 2023. Uh, now, moving on here, we, uh, we got to near the end of the panel, um, and we celebrated uh, the 90th birthday of John Williams. Kathleen Kennedy uh, gave a beautiful, touching tribute to John Williams. And then John Williams comes out on stage and with an orchestra, they for the first time ever uh, live, they played the Obi Wan theme. Darcy, tell me, what was it like to be physically in the room while listening to live John Williams concert music?
2: Honestly, I never thought I'd be able to say I saw John Williams in concert, but I can say that now, and it was an incredible moment to, yeah. to 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 stick to hear that song first, and then what came later. It was just. What already was a great panel finished with a massive bang. And it was, uh, what a way to go out.
0: <laughs> absolutely nuts. He comes out and, and starts conducting, and even just through the streaming stage. And, and I would encourage you, to, if you're watching the recap of of the the different panels and you watch that Thursday panel, put some good headphones on, because um, it's absolutely like hair-raising how good uh, that sounded uh, playing played live. Uh, but he wasn't done with just the Obi-Wan theme. Uh, he turns around and he says now, you know, everyone's clapping. He's kind of holding up his finger, he's like we got one more. And he's like this. Now, this isn't really a Star Wars theme, but I hope you'll enjoy it. He turns around and he starts to play the Indiana Jones <laughs> theme live, followed by a massive surprise where Harrison Ford comes out on stage. And my favorite thing that I think he said before, but just how that music follows him everywhere and uh, he mentioned how the indie theme was playing in the operating room during his last colonoscopy uh, <laughs> and he said good news I passed um but he, you know he he commented on the warmth and and boyish spirit of John Williams and the talent that we're blessed with um, and I was I was shocked it was absolutely incredible to see him on stage.
2: Yeah, totally. And like I'm everyone has said this before, but when he comes out and starts speaking about his relationship with John Williams and the music of John Williams, you can feel the emotion and the connection that he has to to the music that has, brings his characters to life and gives more meaning than yeah, just you know, the movies, his adventures yeah. on screen. It's so the yeah, there was a two way street there where they both have so much respect for each other and that just feeds into the stuff that they create for for us to enjoy. It was awesome.
1: Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. And and Harrison Ford mentioned uh, that they've almost completed filming the uh, the Indiana Jones, uh, next Indiana Jones movie, uh, and how he's, he had a wonderful experience working with James Mangold. Uh, the movie comes out June 30th, 2023. We got our date uh, for when we're going to see nice. the next chapter of Indiana Jones. Uh, of course, couldn't end it just like that. They ended by playing the Imperial March live um and uh, and then the crowd sang happy birthday to John Williams as he he exited the stage which was really cute um and so mm-hmm. oh that's awesome it's really really beautiful um so yeah so then uh after that uh on day 1 uh we'll quickly jump in we did also uh get a chance to attend the Ian McDermott uh panel and uh we got a chance to kind of hear some insights into playing Palpatine. He was 37 years old during the original movies uh, and he's 78 now. uh, And he doesn't look like he's really aged. If anything, he looks younger than he did in those original movies. He commented saying that he, that he looked like the worst reptile you've ever seen. Uh, And I think my favorite thing was the voice uh, that he, he talked about where it comes from and and how, you know, he said, uh, he said, I just, I just started doing it and nobody told me to stop and he also commented on the idea that like it doesn't come from the chest it comes and he said not to be too vulgar it comes from the stomach it almost sounds like like vomit Um, which was probably one of my favorite uh, things that he kind of mentioned.
2: I mean, I also love the fact that he kept making those George Lucas references and doing one of the best George Lucas impersonations I, I have heard to date. And to see him go between those two is like, ah, oh, that'd be to be a fly in the wall, that'd be so cool to see those two
0: interact. Absolutely. Uh and speaking of interacting, uh your boy Nate from the Geek Centric podcast got to interact with the Emperor himself yeah uh we had a uh we have a clip of that i believe it's on our twitter if you want to go check it out we'll have links in the description i don't want to spoil the clip it's it's fantastic but let's just say uh you get to learn a little bit about uh both his musical tastes as well as uh the emperor's musical tastes, or, or maybe what he wished were you nervous the emperor uh would have listened or would have listened to i was a little nervous. The guy in front of me asked my question, so I had to on the spot come up with a, a different question where I asked him about his musical tastes and the Emperor's musical tastes. I, I won't spoil the answer here on this podcast. I definitely want you to go check out our Twitter uh, to hear it. But it cool. was uh, it was a cool experience. And it's funny
2: because the. Like That was one of the panels that we kind of cheated a bit and had you come into the, the taste Thank of the goodness. VIP. So I was yeah. right next to you there for for that question. And everyone around me, as soon as you asked, it was like, oh, that's a really good question because most people were asking the Star Wars stuff. And you decided, yeah. you know, let's let's talk to the, the, the actor and not the, the character. And I thought that was a really cool way to, you know, take it a different direction and got a really unique answer from him. So kudos to you for coming with that up on the spot
1: thanks man yeah like I, I the one thing that stood out to me too Nate is after you said thank you there was an applause for the question <laughs> like like just a, like a like a, a little like yeah, yeah that was a great a golf answer clap. right yeah. like that was because yeah like you could hear people actually they enjoyed that response and they enjoyed that question because it's just it's so out there and it's it is it is a character because people are gonna go and talk to him about Star Wars and Honestly, he obviously has an affinity and, and, and an understanding of it, but at the same time, it's just a character that he's played. So to assume that he's so deep in all of the elements, you know, again, have fun with it. He's a person. Enjoy, enjoy that time. So I, I thought it was a, it was a great question. Definitely go check out the clip. It's going to be in the show notes.
0: Very cool. Let's uh, and okay, we're far into this podcast. We've talked about day one of <laughs> Star Wars celebration this Thursday was was so packed if you <laughs> if you get a VIP pass just to go to a Thursday at a Star Wars celebration it seems like maybe that's the the running theme that's the one to get into that's the biggest show uh, but we did attend uh, industrial light and magic panel on day two it was wonderful to see. Some incredible titans of the industry that created and are continuing to create Star Wars. Uh, one of my favorite things, you know, we saw the crowd um, shouting out Solo 2. And uh, Ron Howard was there, and he says, "I'm not in charge of that." Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and there was, I think, there was really also a touching moment when <clears throat> the entire audience like had a massive applause when he mentioned his daughter's work, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard on The Mandalorian, and he said, he said, you know, after the applause, he said, "That makes him a proud dad," and and that was really really nice. Um, yeah, that's so cute. Yeah, was awesome? That, yeah. <laughs> uh, was there anything you wanted to see that? Yeah, was there anything you wanted to mention, I... Darcy, from the?
1: I'm
2: not the biggest docuseries series guy. I mean, I like the behind the scenes thing, but I prefer more to read that stuff. That's the way I t- tend to consume sure. that type of media. Yeah. But this, the the panel they had to introduce and set up what this adventure through the history of light, uh, industrial light and magic. I am really looking forward to the series because it looks like they yeah. really. Like they mentioned it constantly throughout the panel about how it felt like a family, and that's what drove that company is that they all loved what they were doing and loved each other because they all helped each other, you know, fix, find, uh, solve the problems and stuff like that. So, getting to see that story play out almost in real time as the way that they uh, they explore the history, I think, is a really cool thing. So, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I think that again, it, it's going to be on Disney Plus, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um and. What's nice is, you know, Disney leaning into giving us content of the behind the scenes. So it is a full round experience, you know, enjoying the content and the behind the scenes. They're doing it with the Marvel. They've been doing it with Star Wars. I love that Industrial Light and Magic is going to be getting its time to sort of shine here. The stories that they've told and that they've played part in, there's so many. That is endless nostalgia and endless movie feels that you can connect with people on, right? You know, by talking about the behind the scenes of what went into making and bringing this to life, it's it's going to be interesting, unless I'm misunderstanding what this documentary is going to be about.
2: Uh, I think the the one quote that kind of summed up the idea of the documentary to me was the fact that these the effects that we see in the movies are a magic trick that, unlike other magic tricks, only becomes cooler and more fascinating when you find out how it's done. And I think that's really right. hits home is because, again, they put so much love and care into creating this world. It really shows when you watch and, and consume right. the content.
0: Absolutely. And, and yeah, I'm also looking forward to that, uh, that docuseries. Um, I'm not sure the exact date that they mentioned, but it should be, I think it's going to be pretty soon. Um, we also, you know, the running theme for this uh, Star Wars celebration was the 20th anniversary of of Attack of the Clones, uh, and so you know we had Doug Chang he came out and discussed the evolution of the clone trooper armor, how they took the original Jango Fett armor and slowly blended it with with stormtrooper armor. We also got Anthony Daniels, who was there, uh, who mostly talked about himself, obviously, uh, and then we we also got. Um, uh, Daniel Logan and Tamora Morrison, who came out and pretty much stole the entire show. Uh, the crowd chanted for Tamora to do the like a Bantha move, and he did the, you know, like a Bantha uh, move. Uh, and it was absolutely phenomenal. They were electric on stage, they would not stop talking. Uh, and it was amazing. They were so funny. They talked about how. They they felt like they were father and son um, throughout the the journey. They they honored Jeremy Bullock and Tim gave a very beautiful tribute uh, while discussing his adaptation of continuing the the Fett legacy. Um, and I think my favorite thing that came out of this this panel was. Uh, that Daniel Logan actually didn't know that Django had his head chopped off until he attended the premiere. He he was told to like go. He was a little kid. He was you know George. We am gonna go do something. Get get. Where's my? He said he, he literally said Where's my? Where's my? Bo- where's my Boba Fett? Where's my Boba Fett? Uh, and he collected him <laughs> and brought him onto this blue screen stage and uh, and and asked him to just pick up the Django Fett helmet and put it near his head. He didn't know what that meant. There was no head inside of it. So he had no idea what it meant and then he went to the premiere and learned that his dad got his head chopped off. Uh, it was really, really funny. We also got Matt Wood uh, there who discussed <clears throat> how he was originally in a home video style uh, template footage for the speeder chase in episode two uh, and it's him dressed up. It looks really funny if you get a chance to see it online. Uh, just look up Matt Wood speeder chase. Um, But he also discussed how the sonic boom from Django Fett's ship uh, originally started with a poof sound. But then they removed it uh, to have that really wonderful absence of sound with the sonic boom. And then apparently the QC department thought there was an error. With the movie, and they were freaking out, uh, and for, for quality control, and and uh, he had to inform them, no, 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 that was that was on purpose. Um, you can totally hear that Matt Wood also did the voice of some of the battle droids. Um, you can hear it in his, you know, he, I think he even said a line of one of the battle droids, he, and then oh yeah, he dropped a Roger Roger on us, so that right, was great. he totally did. Uh, and then Hayden and Ewan surprised everyone and joined the panel. Uh, Ewan also discussed how his stunt double, who is actually played by um, Owen Edgerton, Joel Edgerton's brother, uh, had to do a flip and something went wrong and he broke his front teeth. (laughs) But he said, "Don't worry, he looks good now." Um, And uh, and yeah, and he's trying to
2: hide that from his mom on set too. Like, apparently,
0: his mom was on set for that, and he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm okay. Go go on, go on,
2: trying to get her off the set so that they could, you know, address the fact that he had just smashed his teeth."
0: (laughs) So good. Um, He. He also discussed how when he first met uh, Daniel Logan, uh, George asked Daniel Logan to look more suspicious. More, more, give me more. And and Daniel Logan didn't quite understand what he wanted. And apparently Ewan told him to act like he just let out a terrible fart. And so when you see that scene where the door opens in Attack of the Clones and Boba looks at him really suspiciously, he's acting like (laughs) Ewan let out a huge... Massive fart, uh, and that's that's how young Daniel Logan had to uh, get into character there. Yeah, so good. Wow, um, and then we got some huge chairs, uh, huge cheers uh, in chairs uh, for Hayden, uh, who discussed how getting to work with George Lucas was the biggest honor of his entire career, and that coming back, he feels a real responsibility to honor that legacy that George uh, had created. Um, yeah, uh, and then Anthony Daniels. One last thing, I'll just quickly say before. Um, he did also mention that when he would arrive on set, his favorite thing <laughs> was George saying, "Now Star Wars has arrived." <laughs> super, super <laughs> hilarious.
2: And I want to say one more thing too. We didn't mention that the the panel was hosted by Ashley Eckstein, which oh, we all know is the voice of Ahsoka Tano. So when they brought out Hayden and Ewan, Hayden sat right next to Ahsoka. So as a as a fan, I'm like, oh my god, it's Anakin and Ahsoka together. Like we you never thought you'd see this type of pairing but they're right there and it was again a really cool moment as a as a fan of the two characters
0: she also introduced him as sky guy uh and i was i was beside myself uh so guys let's let's move into day three here uh of you know uh we we got to the mandalorian panel uh this was a really big one uh dave and uh dave filoni came out and john favreau of course uh they discussed You know, a lot of things, but my favorite thing that I think they mentioned was how difficult it was keeping secrets safe during both the first and second season of Mando. And it was interesting to hear them talk about the fact that, like, the first season, they had a secret they had to keep just for one episode, and then they had a big secret with Luke. Uh, for the finale that they had to keep throughout the entire season uh, of season two. Uh, we got Pedro Pascal on stage again, so happy. There was a huge standing ovation. That was a huge um, surprise. Everyone we didn't think he would he would show up. Um, and that was that was really, really cool. Um, and John discussed also how both Din and uh, Grogu um, giving up, you know, they both gave up something. they had to sacrifice something just to be together. And he commented on how, you know, the way that we see these these stories and and how that binds families. Um, right. It's 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 just a really beautiful way that he sort of put it. That I'm. It's butchering a personal right level. Now, yeah, absolutely. No, but
1: it, it goes back. It goes back to what I was saying before in regards to the the reference of trauma and just trying to create a more real connection. It, it this can exist in space fantasy. It can have droids. It can have monsters. It can have all these things. But if it doesn't, at some way, kind of hit. The audience in an emotional way that they can personally connect with, what's it for? Right, than just a sense of escapism. It's it's blending the idea of how you can tell these these really you know epic scope stories, but still hit at the at the core of of being a human. I, I think it's great. I think it's that's what that's the power of Star Wars. I know it sounds really lame to say, but that's its ability, right? The MCU is doing it in their own way with trying to find ways to tell stories about their heroes in, in a similar fashion. So you know, Star Wars can do the same thing.
0: So we we also got uh, Latif Crowder and Brendan Wayne, uh, who is John Wayne's grandson. By the way, if you're ever wondering why Mando walks That's so much nuts. like John Wayne, it's because it's John Wayne's grandson who plays <laughs> one of the stunt doubles along with uh, with Latif, and uh, they collectively discussed between them and Pedro. We got to see all three of them on stage at once, uh, just bringing Mando to life and. And just how every day, you know, Latif mentioned how he he just every time he goes to set, he just thinks about honoring the fandom. Uh, And uh, and he mentioned a story about how, you know, one day he was working with Pedro uh, and how instead of getting warmed up, they just went to go get burgers. So they're definitely man man bros, uh, I guess we could call them, um, which was which was really great. Uh, we got the whole cast on stage. Carl Weathers came out Tamora Morrison. Uh, we got director Rick Femiua um, who had, I think been brought up to producer or, or I think that was executive. Pro- executive announced producer. That, at the panel. Yeah. Just so yeah. cool. Uh, and, and then Katie Sackhoff came out uh, and said, you know, if you're a fan of Bo-Katan uh, we're in for a real treat. Um, and, uh, and then they showed the trailer again. They said, hey, we showed a trailer uh, yesterday. I think a few of you saw it, uh, or, or sorry, on Thursday, and, uh, and here we're going to show it again. This was a different trailer. This was an extended trailer uh, that it, it just unbelievable, especially to see it on the big screen uh, at, at the, the Celebration live stage. We hear some huge—well, uh, spo- by the way, spoilers for the trailer. Um, feel free to skip ahead a few minutes if you want to jump without hearing anything about this trailer. Um, but, Darcy, let's get into it. We we hear some huge drums playing. Uh, we get to see um, Grief Karga is now a, a magistrate or something. He's definitely elevated. Um, I love that we see a bunch of Kwakian monkey lizards in a tree. It looks like there's a statue of uh, of IG Eleven um, just up in the courtyard, uh, and it 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 just for those of you who thought that season one or season two didn't do things that were big enough, I'm gonna just tell you one thing here. And again, this is spoilers for the trailer. The final shot in this trailer is the Mandalorian flying over the ruins of Mandalore, and it was. Mm-hmm. It, it just, my mind is melted right now. Darcy, what did you think of this extended look at the Mandalorian season three?
2: I, again, I get, like you, I don't know where to start. So much was crammed into this teaser trailer that it, it wasn't a teaser. It was a full-on trailer for the next season. And the, between all the new Mandos we're going to see, the fact that we're going to Mandalore again, it, uh, so much potential, and I'm so excited to see what what's going to happen going forward.
1: I'm jealous. I don't have anything <laughs> to say other than I just want to see what it is that you guys fucking saw. Uh, I didn't see any of that. That didn't leak at all. Yeah. It's good good for, for mm-hmm. Mando. But uh, I did see the the one that you'll talk about next. So, <laughs> but I'm hoping, though, that they come out with some of this footage soon. Because, again, I believe February 2023 is when Mando is, is scheduled to drop. So, I think we should be, you know, probably in, let's say, a month Maybe more. We'll see the we'll see this footage maybe a little bit more refined with some better visual effects uh, beefed up as, as a first look or sooner. Because really, if it was a teaser, as you guys are describing with like clips and montages and and stuff like that, I feel like if that we could see sooner than a month or two months out uh, because it would it would hit. Right. But for you guys being there for being the fans, you deserve it first uh, before it actually uh, gets out.
0: The only other thing I will say is it's bigger. That's all I'm going to say. The, the entire mm-hmm. series feels and looks bigger on a bigger scale. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be, I don't know, absolutely huge. I'm so excited for everyone to see this trailer uh, so we can talk about it even more.
2: And I'm excited to see more of Dr. Pershing's in his long flowing trench coat as we see him. Ooh. He's going to have more of a presence. I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of a presence... Um, we also got Rosario Dawson showing up on stage. Uh, we all thought she wouldn't be there cause she's filming, uh, right now, but she says they don't film on Saturdays. So she came out on stage and we got to see very early, but the, the first footage of Ahsoka, uh, and Darcy, tell me some of the highlights from this Ahsoka footage.
2: I'm well, I mean, we. It looks like we're going back to the ghost with the pilot we all know and love, with Hera, and then, I mean, at the end of the trailer, it was an even bigger reveal where you're looking up at the mural that from Rebels of the the ghost crew, and sure enough, there's Sabine looking up at it too, and it's just like, oh my God, the rebels are coming to life on, on the real, on the big, like on, the, on the live action screen. It's chills went through my body. I'm so excited to see what's next.
0: It was absolutely yeah. incredible. <sighs>
1: I, I, this was the one that, um, I was so grateful that leaked (laughs) as fast as it was up there. It was down, but I saw, I saw what I saw. And, uh, yeah, the fact that if I was there, I probably would have vomited from excitement because rebels is my favorite animated series just because it, it feels very original and, and, and of its own timeline within obviously the larger Skywalker timeline. Um, so yeah, to, to to see the hints of of Hera from behind on the ghost, to hear that chopper is going to be live action in this, like to know that Sabine is going to be showing up in as a, an official confirmation. There was always these rumors, again rumors, rumors, and there's more rumors about you know Thrawn and and Ezra potentially showing up in this series. But I know Darcy, you've you've said this a couple times that that could be the in season two, and I think that that's actually really smart if they decide to push it that way. But that being said. All of this has me very hyped for seeing the animated characters jumping over into live action. It's I am I am thrilled to see what they're gonna do with this series. I think it that's gonna be my Star Wars series of, of twenty twenty
0: three. And of course, uh Natasha Leo Bordizo uh came out on stage, uh, who is yes, confirmed to be Sabine. Uh and there was a really lovely moment where her and Rosario Dawson held hands and just were freaking out over the fact that they're they're a part of this new Star Wars family um and so it's really really incredible to get a chance to see all of that so early um the show is going to be coming out 2023 it's a long wait but it'll be it'll be worth it i just want to see live action rebels that's that's all i want to see mm-hmm. yeah that's Honestly. it man that's all i want it's so good yeah i want to see the wolves oh dude well if Filoni's, Filoni's on it, so there's going to be some wolves. Um, <laughs> we we came out of that panel, we exited the panel, and um, we actually ran into uh, a couple of folks from New Rock Stars, uh, Tommy Bechtold and E. A. Voss. Uh, we actually ran into them just randomly, like just walking out and just saw them. And I ran up to Tommy and I was like, I was like, that's got to be. Oh, by the way, Babu Frick uh, is in the Mando trailer. Uh, by the way, there's a bunch of Babu multiple, Fricks, multiple, multiple Babu Fricks, yeah. and I so I go up to Tommy and I'm like, I'm like, dude, that's got to be Babu Frick, right? And he's like, Listen, man, I, I want I want it to be. I don't care what the internet says. Um, so we got to freak out with him and EA Voss from New Rockstars. Which if you haven't checked out New, you've uh, if you're listening to this, you probably checked out New Rockstars. They are gods, and they uh, we just had a we had a ten minute conversation geeking out. Uh, with EA Voss with instant theories faster than even before they're on YouTube uh, about what's going to be happening in the Ahsoka series uh, and Mando season three. It was, I was beside myself. Like I was absolutely freaking out. It was so cool.
2: Really cool experience. And they're really cool down to earth guys. that They took the time to talk to us just about what we saw. And again, it's because we're all fans. We're all there for the same reason. And to share that reaction with them immediately was just a wicked experience.
0: It was so cool. Uh, so then, after that, uh, later that evening, we went to the Tales of the Jedi panel. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a new animated short uh, short series um, with six episodes, using the same animation as Clone Wars season seven, which is awesome. Uh, Felloni mentioned yes. that uh, Dave Filoni was there, and he mentioned that this is going to be based off the ideas that he had while working on Clone Wars, um, but just didn't have time to get into these specific arcs. And uh, and so this is these, this is actually going to be featuring two. Major players here. Um, the 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 titular Jedi in Tales of the Jedi are going to be Ahsoka, and then to huge applause, young Count Dooku, featuring a Just young Qui Gon Jinn. Absolutely, yeah, it be just yeah, Dooku. He's, he's not a count at that
2: point. Oh, I guess that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So,
0: so yeah. you know, we got uh, we got a chance to see a, a number of of stills, which I think a, a bunch of them are probably online at this point. Yeah, um, I've seen them. You saw yeah. some of them. We, you know, getting to see some of these moments. Um, the huge applause with Liam Neeson being confirmed to be Qui Gon Jinn, um, and then a younger version being played by Michael Neeson. Uh, who is his son, uh, which oh is going to be oh, really, really cool. Um, and then, you know, these, uh, I think one of the, the best things was is Dave Filoni just kept saying, these get dark. These stories get dark. Um, the Count Dooku ones, in, or sorry, the Dooku ones in particular. Um, and so that was really exciting. But we then got uh, treated to watching the first episode. Of Tales of the Jedi, um, featuring nice. a baby Ahsoka, which was absolutely adorable, uh, with her mother, um, who is played by uh, Janina Gavankar, uh, which was really cool to see. Um, and uh, and we got a chance to see this episode. Um, I won't say too much about it, but she—it's just about a, a tradition in her village, uh, the village of Shili uh, on the Tegrut its a Togrutan village um, where she has to complete some sort of uh, trek into the forest uh, for a hunt. Uh, and it's it's definitely a harrowing adventure. Um, and, you know, originally, uh, I believe uh, Dave was saying that he wanted, he was going to have Plo Koon uh, finding her. That was going to be the story he was going to show. But he actually sat down and realized, we haven't really had too many mother experiences in Star Wars. Um, so that was uh, that was a really... Sort of um, beautiful story that they told, Darcy. Any any comments on uh, the first episode of Tales of the Jedi?
2: Again, trying to avoid spoilers because this is something that you really want to experience for the first time on your own. Because it is a very a very moving and touching story. It's it really again it's about the relationship between a mother and daughter and some of the things that she learns as a Jedi. You find out that her mother was the first one to kind of bring up these these concepts and ideas. So it was a, it's a really cool idea, and I think. Again, just the fact that the two stories we're going to be getting from this series going forward are going to be Ahsoka and Dooku. They're going to be very almost juxtaposed stories about someone finding their way Mm -hmm. through the Jedi and then becoming disillusioned by the Jedi. I think that's a really cool. We're going to see a lot of cool mirroring between the two tales that we're we're exploring.
1: It's funny too because it seems like that's where Ahsoka kind of ends up uh, towards Mm -hmm. the end is kind of lifting the fog of the Jedi off of her eyes to really kind of see... Uh, she obviously doesn't go the same route as Dooku, uh, but again, it's it's interesting even just in talking about that. I love that this is something that he was working on while working on Clone Wars to kind of round out the characters that he was he was playing with. Um, and I'm just I'm just so happy that Filoni is just being given more opportunities to just tell the stories that he wants to tell. Dude, he said it was, he, he was he was just
0: it, he said he was bored during during lockdown, and that this is the result of that.
2: Yeah, flights when he was working on Mando, he was on the flight and he'd just be writing these little stories. Just be like, hey, why not? And someone saw that and was like, hey, do you think we can make make this a thing and he's like well if you find the money thinking that that's never going to happen and lo and behold he's like okay I need to write more of these because they found the money
0: it was so cool again this is going to be six Mm -hmm. episodes three featuring Ahsoka three featuring um, Dooku uh, and young Qui-Gon we got a trailer Um, again I don't want to spoil too much from the trailer I'm hoping the trailer does drop soon the only thing I'll say there's two things there was a processional and originally I was like oh why are they showing Padme's processional that wouldn't have happened Yet, um, because again, it's young young Qui Gon in this series. Darcy had a theory for that. Do you want to quickly shout that out?
2: Yeah. So, if any of the listeners are a fan of the audiobook series, there's a, a very good audio play that written by Kevin Scott called "Dooku Jedi Lost," and in that story, we explore why. Uh, Dooku duku left the jedi order and one of the instigating factors for that was the death of his sister back on uh serrano so i think that processional may have been his sisters because that interesting she, she was someone who was very close to him before he was taken away from his family so i i think that would be again we'll see what impact that has on the character visually now and i think that's a really cool idea
0: it, it looked nuts, and it's going to make it really dark. Uh, the only thing I want to highlight from the trailer, Mace Windu's in it, and Yaddle is going to get some action scenes in <laughs> in this show. I'm so stoked to see Yaddle uh, make her, her uh, action debut and not just sitting on the Jedi Council. Um, that's going to be coming out this fall. Uh, and then lastly, um, for day four, uh, which is today, uh, our last day, we got a chance to attend the Bad Batch season two, uh, you know, sort of reveal panel. Uh, and we got some incredible, fantastic moments. They did a, a script read between Michelle Ong and uh, D. Bradley Baker live. <laughs> like, I literally got to see awesome. D. That's Bradley so Baker sick. switch from voice switch. to voice to voice. All I. Uh, I recorded it. It's incredible.
2: So good. I mean, the, the fact that he went between these voices with like no hesitation and that's how they run through it regularly. It's like, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this together. We're, we're we're performing. These actors are all here. They're just all inside yeah, me type thing. It was it was really neat exactly. to see that in person.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah,
1: that's that sounds like an amazing experience just to watch him move through all of those different voices all at once. I, I'm again, the FOMO's real here.
0: And even to hear Michelle Ong, uh, you know, her voice sounds so much like Omega's voice. And getting to actually just hear Omega live on stage was incredible. But then we got it. We got the trailer for season uh, two. Well, actually, no, before we got the trailer for season two, we actually did get to see a scene from season two. Um, uh, Just to quickly describe it, and then we'll get Darcy's quick thoughts. Uh, Omega is studying with tech. Who reminds her to focus on her studies? She's kind of this preteen. She got like this angst. She's like, I don't want to study. <laughs> He's like, you got to keep studying. And uh, she's got longer hair. The entire Bad Batch has a new oh. look, more kit bashed, more worn look. Um, you can find some pictures online of them. They've got these orange accents. Uh, they look really, really lived in, and, and you know they're on the run, so they don't they don't have this pristine armor. Uh, they get attacked by some giant crabs on an island, uh, and we see the Marauder attacked, but then Omega. Who's absolutely more capable? She pops on some headgear and uh, and uh, and she takes her bow and arrow and she just takes them out. Uh, and it was a it was a nice little look.
2: Yeah, like you said, the, she's grown up now. She's a full on, fully fledged member of the team. She's being taught and trained by her dads as well as helping them you know accomplish these missions throughout the space so it's i think we're going to see a a whole new side of that relationship going forward and it's like i've said it so many times it's really exciting like it's a such a great time to be a star wars fan
1: oh man i this weekend proved that um I, i i love that in the trailer you get a lot of what what you guys are describing from from that scene you see that some time has passed uh they everyone's kind of aged up uh a little bit and especially in omega we kind of see that and also just how much of a unit they are uh in in the trailer it really does capture how much of a unit they were because in season one as we know they were really figuring it out still so uh, i think the trailer also just really kind of highlights it's going to be a wild ride and it also looks like it's it's got a, a little bit more scope a little bit bigger maybe I'm not sure, but it definitely it, I, I'll looks. have to watch it again. Definitely looks bigger. It feels and, bigger.
0: And I wanted to shout out and, and Darcy and I immediately, I think, was the first thing we we freaked out about when we got there was Wookie with a lightsaber. We get to see uh, yeah. this Wookie who I'm thinking we're both thinking is the one from Clone Wars where the Padawans get yes, their kyber crystals. Is. Um and yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 he he we think we might they might get to go to Kashyyyk. Um, Darcy, you said you saw, thought you saw something in the trailer that, that gave they that oh, There's idea. a quick
2: flash at one point where you, you see a, a Wookiee, and it's a bit too dark to be Chewy, but not dark enough to be Kersantan. So I'm thinking, are we going to see the Wookiee general that we were introduced to uh, back in the re- prequel trilogy? Uh, yeah. It's just cool to see that we're going to start seeing these characters, again, be mixed together through the live action and the animation. They they go back and forth. Yes. So it's, it's really cool yeah. To, yeah. to have these through threads placed.
1: And, and and that's what's interesting. Do we see Andor in here? Could Andor show up, right? You know, we know Fennec Shans already showed up in in this series, and she has in and live action in Book of Boba Fett and Mando's season two. I, I wonder if if Cassian Andor can show up in the Bad Batch. That's at really some cool. I, I like that could, idea, right? And I think that 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 lends itself as as being very very fun.
0: We also saw in the trailer Commander Cody is going to be working with Crosshair. Uh, which Darcy, as yeah. you pointed out, it's you know, the last thing he remembers is he killed Obi Wan. Um, so that'll be an interesting uh, if they if they explore that at all. Um, maybe we get to see that uh, come to fruition or come to see a moment of that in some way. Ooh. Or you know, what if that plays into uh, current Obi Wan? Se- I don't know. Um, but then I think the biggest applause uh, was the Emperor himself, Palpatine, uh, showed up at the end, uh, confronting Omega. Which I am super freaked out about that. Um, that's gonna be a little a little freaky for our little Omega for sure yeah there's
2: yeah, that's right she he is. knows she's there and I I yeah Ugh,
0: chills and I mean he's there with orn ta uh who I absolutely hate I think he should have died in the previous season but uh whatever um obviously they're gonna probably bring <laughs> that uh that thread through uh to to bring palpatine in so that's worth it
1: I think bringing Palpatine in is is really interesting into the animated he's he's he the, there is a chance we will see him in Obi-Wan. There is a chance we could see him in, in Andor. So, you know, there's so much going on in and around the time frame when he is around that he could come back. And there is such an appreciation for Ian McDermott. And, and you know, given the fact that he had a whole panel where people were talking to him and, and he was sharing stories, I just think that it's very likely that he will continue and be very much like a, a Anthony Daniels throughout the rest of Star Wars.
0: So stoked. So stoked, especially because we know where where that character is going. Uh, but listen, we've got some wonderful downtown Disney dinner reservations uh that we got to get to. Uh sorry, FOMO, Justin. Uh but uh <laughs> we got to go get sorry. that uh get that happening. Um but so we're going to have to wrap up this podcast. Uh but just before we go, um I did want to mention they did announce the next Star Wars celebration uh 2023 happening in April uh, in, in in London, in London, UK. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's about it. Enjoyed this week's episode of This Week in Geek. Uh, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news about Star Wars Celebration, were you there? Uh, do you want to let us know your experience? Uh, well, listen, I'm going to... I'm, I'm reaching through the Force uh, to my my wonderful Jedi Master, Justin, to let you know how you can reach us. Well, they
1: can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if they want to use the dark side of the Force, they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric.
0: Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games coming up soon. Uh, you know, speaking of... Star Wars and Disney. Uh, we've got Miss Marvel coming up very shortly. Um, and we might even have an, an interview coming up uh, for that as well. Uh, and of course, on the horizon, uh, we've got we've got uh, a lot of wonderful things Lightyear, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we're gonna have some coverage on that as well. Uh, of course, if you didn't catch it already, um, our spoiler free thoughts on uh, Stranger things season 4, uh, which I know came out over the course of celebration. Uh, we got that out right now, and uh, and and it, yeah, that that's a, that's about it. Darcy, Justin, uh, my my brothers in arms, my my Jedi friends, thank you so much. And as we say, love ya. Later's peace.